1: I know words, I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it.
2: Hello, hello, what's going on everybody? It's Friday... Thank God, finally, it's Friday. Man, this week took forever. This was one of those weeks that just keeps dragging on and dragging on. You know, time seems to stand still when, when you're working for the weekend and you're within the two-week range of a nice long vacation. Man, these days can't go by fast enough. But welcome back, everybody. This is the Peddling Fiction Podcast, and I am the purveyor of so-called fiction, Johnny Profita, your host. And let's see, I got, I'm pretty excited about today's show. I think I got a, a good topic um, based on what was going on. It was a slow news week for the most part, but we had Zuckerberg testifying in front of Congress about well it was supposed to be about Libra the Facebook cryptocurrency and of course it devolved into a bunch of other nonsense that we'll get into later but I had a lot of thoughts Um, it it brought up a lot of interesting topics that I think need to be addressed and that's what we're going to talk about today we can pretty much just dive right into things I don't have A whole lot of witty banter for you today. (laughs) It's always kind of hard when you're just sitting in a room by yourself talking into a microphone. Um, As far as my weekend goes, I do, I'm gonna be seeing Johnny the Jew. Johnny the Jew's birthday, I think it's tomorrow. If it's not tomorrow, we're celebrating it tomorrow. And we have decided, I think I mentioned this previously on the show, but We're going to go skeet shooting, skeet and trap shooting over in uh, Kenosha, Wisconsin. That's going to be fun. I haven't seen him in a a few weeks. Um, And as you all know, we have decided to part ways as far as the podcast goes, but we are still friends and uh, I'm pretty excited to see him. I haven't been shooting in a while. I haven't been to this gun raid. We're going to um, Winchester Gun Club in Kenosha, a great little spot it is it, it, you know it's it's one of the few places that never seems to change with the times so it's like going back in a time capsule great little spot you know pure good old fashioned flyover country america where you can go and uh shoot your shotguns at some clay pigeons they they actually do do some duck hunting or something i think i've never actually done that there but small little place they got a little cash bar you can have yourself a bloody while you wait for your um your turn to shoot and uh then we'll stop at, at at some local watering hole or restaurant or something and i think we'll have a have a dinner and a little celebration for johnny the jew that'll be fun i'll pick up some oh yeah i have a i have a chili cook-off coming up Next week. At the end of next week, I think I got the chili cook-off at my office. And the winner gets a fucking day off of work. So, I am going to be making a chili. I, I'm not the biggest chili fan. I, I, I do like eating it. I just It's not something that I take a lot of pride in or anything like that. But I do make a, a pretty fucking good chili, if I do say so myself. But it seems to always be my Achilles heel when it comes to cooking competitions, which there aren't too many that I actually get involved in. But there are, there's always somebody doing a chili cook-off. And I've had a very up-and-down history with chili cook-offs. I've lost some heartbreakers, taken a lot of second places. I've won this, the one at my office, a couple two years ago. I won first place with a super easy chili that I just threw together in a, a pressure cooker. <laughs> Actually, um, I didn't even do it. My girlfriend did it. It was a recipe that I found on one of the food websites that I frequent quite often, which is Serious Eats. If you're ever looking for um, a res- an online recipe for, for whatever you're making, chances are they have it there. And this guy actually does, his name's Kenji Lopez, Kenji Lopez-Alt. He's got this weird hyphen at the, the end of it. I don't know. I don't personally care for the guy, um, but I, I do respect the work that he does with food. And he does these food labs where he, he really analyzes how to make like the best recipe. He goes through like a bunch of different tests and stuff like that. Gets very detailed, very into it. So the the finished product that he ends up with is usually pretty good, and that's I think that's where I pulled both of the chili recipes. Although I never actually follow a recipe to the letter, I kind of just take it as a roadmap, uh, like a general. Okay, I I see what he's going for, and then I put my own little twist on it. Um, but the green chili, the one that my my girlfriend made, she followed that to the T, and it won so. I, I did I did my own chili and I got a little ambitious with it. I made a, a, a red chili with pulled pork and I did some cornbread dumplings on top. And I was it was the first time I'd ever done that. The dumplings took forever to cook, so my chili wasn't even they and they started the competition like an hour and a half early. So I, my chili wasn't even ready when they were going. Um, but luckily I had the backup girlfriend chili, which won. And then I perfected the dumpling chili the following year, and I took second place. So I don't know. I might go back to the um, the easy pressure cooker chili. You just you dump like five ingredients in there. People seem to love it. It takes a pressure cooker. You can do it in like forty five minutes. So I'll probably do that. But then they also have a uh, cornbread competition. Cornbread gets you a half day off. Halloween costume gets you a half day. I probably don't have a good costume. (laughs) I I usually don't dress up. I know one year I just went in my pajamas just to say that I could, you know, just to go to work in my pajamas. A lot of people um, failed to see how awesome that was, didn't win that competition. Didn't seem to like Sunday morning, John in his robe and slippers, but I'm going to make cornbread, and that's going to be uh, what sparked uh, my spark this whole thing is i'm gonna be in wisconsin so i'm gonna pick up some good cheddar cheese from wisconsin to put in my cheddar jalapeno cornbread with chili lime butter so look out i think i got a day and a half extra vacation time coming up which i desperately need because i'm basically out of time now after this next three-week vacation, I'm, I'm scraping the bottom of the barrel for some vacation time. I'm probably going to be working on Christmas Eve. That's fine. Um, anyway, I guess I did have some banter for you guys after all. <laughs> so that's what's going on with me. Hopefully you guys have something fun planned this weekend. I don't... When, when do we do the Halloween thing? Is that next weekend? Uh, it might be this weekend. I guess what, what's Halloween? The 31st? Yeah, Halloween's next Thursday, so I guess they celebrate it. All, all the Halloween parties are this weekend, right? Huh. Forgot about that. Anyway, let's just get into the show, shall we? So, I think it was the day before yesterday. Your favorite federal government held another day, this is at least the second day, that we've had of hearings not not consecutively i think like 3 or 4 months ago they had other hearings where they grilled um not zuckerberg but facebook's chief libra currency guy or whatever this time it was zuckerberg in the hot seat and they were grilling him allegedly the topic was the this new libra cryptocurrency that facebook's launching and of course as you as you'd expect They were all up in arms about a potential currency competitor because, remember, the government hates competition. It's the only real monopoly in the true sense of the word in that they can outlaw competition. The Federal Reserve, which is supposed to be this independent private agency, right, private company, they can bring dollars into existence magically with the stroke of a key. And then the government maintains this lie that the Fed is independent. But that's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. They do this all the time with private institutions. I, me- I mentioned this in a previous episode, I think with um, Johnny the Jew, a while back, with respect to private contractors and private prisons. If a private entity only exists to facilitate government actions, government rules and regulations, then that's not really private. And in the case of the Fed, it's certainly not independent. For one thing... The chairman of the Federal Reserve is a political appointee. He or she is appointed by the president. You don't think that they're beholden to the president at that point after they're appointed? I mean, You don't think that they have to be accommodative to the president in order to keep their cushy job at the head of the Fed? I mean, look at Ben Bernanke and Janet Yellen and all the cheap money that they created to prop up the U.S. economy under Obama. And now you've got Powell and Trump. How many times have we heard Trump threaten to fire Powell over monetary policy? You don't think that has any effect on things? You think that maintains an independent Fed? I mean, this is ridiculous. Whatever the government needs, the Fed will oblige. If they need to finance some ridiculous war overseas, no problem. You need to blow up a housing bubble or a stock market bubble uh, with artificially low interest rates. Sure thing, the Fed will step in and create all that liquidity for you, create all that money out of thin air. So the government has a, a monopoly on our money source. Okay, and and this is why they are or will be all over these cryptocurrencies. It's one of the main obstacles I see to cryptocurrencies in general, and I know I, this came up when uh, Johnny the Jew and I were talking about Bitcoin because even if Bitcoin can function as money and gain traction as usage within the country they they would the government would nip that in the bud in a heartbeat uh, they don't even have to outlaw it, okay they can just attack it at the point of sale and regulate it out of existence. They don't need to worry about you and your Bitcoins. They just need to make sure that Target can't take Bitcoins or uh, Facebook can't take Bitcoins or Amazon can't take Bitcoins. And they can pass any regulation they want. There's nothing to stop them from making that illegal, making you uh, unable to bank with uh, people that that transact in Bitcoins, those sorts of things. So now Facebook has come out with something a little different, okay? This is... Not your typical cryptocurrency. It would essentially allow Facebook to function like a bank. Okay, they're going to take a a basket of currencies: U.S. dollars, uh, Japanese yen, Chinese yuan, euro. You know, Canadian dollar. Whatever you name it, and they're going to um, they're going to handpick a basket of these, create some sort of combination that they think is the most advantageous. And they're going to you're going to deposit money with Facebook, okay? And they will issue you a a crypto uh, a Libra, one of their crypto coins, okay? And that coin is going to be backed by 100% reserves in that basket of currencies. So it's at least backed by something, whereas Bitcoin is backed by nothing. Now I would absolutely prefer that they were backed by gold, sound money, not a bunch of fiat currencies. But essentially what Facebook is trying to do is create a digital fiat currency, cryptocurrency, a digital fiat cryptocurrency. Um, And this has congressmen on both sides of the aisle prepping to regulate the ever-loving shit out of it. (laughs) Okay? They are all over this like a bad smell. And one thing is clear from watching these hearings is that nobody in Congress really believes in free market capitalism. Not even the Republicans, not even the so-called free market champions who do more damage to the reputation of free market capitalism than anything else because of the fact that they pay all this lip service to it, but then they do nothing but enact socialist policies and government regulations and interference to hinder free market capitalism. And then when that inevitably screws everything up, blows up in their face, um, you know, all the clueless lemmings out there who don't understand we are far closer to socialism or maybe even communism than we are capitalism at this point. And they see the Republicans out there claiming to be free market capitalists and they look around and they conclude, oh, see, look at the Republicans over there. They 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 screwed this all up. They they tax cuts for the rich and all this uh, stupid free market stuff destroyed the economy. Uh, it it uh, I can see it already playing out. Like this is definitely gonna happen. I I don't think Donald Trump makes it to next year's election. You guys can write this down. I, I think this economy falls out from under him. And I mean, this is probably worst case scenario in, in my head is that that we go into recession before the election, he loses the election, and that ushers in, you know, capitalism gets blamed for all of the failures of Donald Trump, even though, like I just said, we have a government monopoly on the control of the money supply. We are so far away from capitalism at this point, it's insane to even pretend that we are a free market uh, economy. But, That will be what the government blames for everything. They will sell that to the public, and that will usher in one of these crazy socialist uh, Democrats who who will really push us over the edge into full-blown socialism, and it's just going to be a disaster. But I digress. Um, I guess my point is, if even the Republicans aren't willing to stand up for free market capitalism aren't willing to stand on those principles and can't even defend it intelligently what chance do we have of salvaging whatever remnants remain of the free market system that built this country when you know you have Republicans who don't believe in it and they're incapable of defending it they, they sound like a bunch of idiots up there but if you listen to these hearings you know these Facebook hearings on, on Lyra, uh, Libra when they actually talk about Libra and they don't devolve into a bunch of social justice warrior nonsense, it's painfully obvious that none of them believe in, in a free market, sound money, unregulated by government solution to any problem. Uh, all of their questions are about, well, you know, how do we know the American people can trust Facebook and what assurances do we have that you won't abuse their private data? What if you don't maintain, you know, their privacy? Yeah, all good questions. All good questions indeed for the consumers who may be buying Libras. They should be the ones asking them that question and not the government. Nobody is forcing people to use Libra or to give Facebook their money. People have to choose to do so. People have a choice. If they decide they don't think they can trust Facebook with their money, then they won't give it to them. And Facebook and all these other uh, Libra investors or shareholders or whoever else is involved, they will lose money on their investment and they will go out of business. It's really that simple. If consumers don't trust that Facebook uh, will be good stewards of their privacy and, and, and financial safety or whatever, they won't buy it. They won't buy it. And then Facebook will have to find some way to ensure the consumer, all of their potential customers, that they will maintain their privacy and that they will protect it from whatever fears these people have They'll have to add, you know, all these features that they can point to and say, hey, look, you know, we value your privacy and here's all the things we're willing to do to protect it. Here's all the the safeguards we're putting in place. And the market will pressure them into doing so, even if Facebook doesn't want to. Like, I I don't think Facebook gives a shit about your data, uh, protecting your data, but they're going to be incentivized by the market to do so because you care about your privacy. You care about your data. You care about your financial independence. So they'll be good stewards of that, if for no other reason than to get your business. Now, no government regulation can do that. There will always be some way around a regulation, even if it means buying off a politician and writing the legislation yourselves, which is usually what happens now. you know, They bring Zuckerberg in, they ask him to write the legislation. Yeah, that, that's really going to solve a lot of problems, isn't it? But there's no way to buy off your customer. All you can do is offer them a product and try to satisfy their needs. This is the beautiful thing about free markets. And, of course, if there's any fraud involved, if it turns out that Facebook lied to you, to all their customers, and they've been abusing your data, that, that's against the law. Okay, And you can bring lawsuits against them, you know, huge class-action lawsuits that would cost them billions of dollars. So all of the free market incentives line up for them to protect your privacy. And there's no reason why a business should have to go to the government to get clearance to operate. This is insanity. Get the okay from a bunch of bumbling bureaucrats that they have a sound business plan and that they'll serve the people? This is not for the government to decide. It's up to the business and the investors in that business to decide if they have a sound business plan. And it's up to you, the consumer, to decide whether or not you want to buy whatever it is they're selling. This idea that the, the consumer is too dumb to make these choices and decisions on their own is absolutely ridiculous, okay? That we're all too stupid to figure things out and that the government needs to step in and protect us from ourselves, this is what they're saying. This is what the government's saying. They treat us like we're a bunch of children, incapable of making proper decisions. But here's the thing. If we're too stupid to make choices that are in our own self-interest as to whether or not we should buy Libras or whatever, whatever they're trying to regulate us from purchasing, if we're just a bunch of dumb children who need to be taken care of, How are we at the same time capable of electing people that are capable of making good decisions on our behalf? I mean, how can we be too stupid to figure out what products to buy, but smart enough to partake in this democracy that everyone holds so dearly? Uh, you, You can't have it both ways. I mean, think of the ramifications that come from a bad purchase decision versus a bad voting decision. Uh, and, that, and that tells you everything you need to know, okay? You make a bad purchase or a bad investment, you lose a little money. Okay, yeah, that sucks, all right? You learn from your mistake, you don't do it again. You vote for the wrong government? And look out. I mean, look out. They can not only destroy your life, but the lives of millions of other people. They can destroy entire nations, countries, uh, continents, you name it. That They could destroy it. So... I mean, which is it, right? Uh, are Are we smart enough to make decisions that will affect millions of other people across the globe? Their very livelihood is at stake? Or are we too stupid to make decisions that only affect ourselves? Because you can't have it both ways. You can't be speaking out of both sides of your mouth like that and expect anybody to take you seriously. And now, of course, they won't just come out and say that they think you're too stupid. No, no, they'll patronize you. They're, they're only taking this on because they fear for our safety. And as our government, it's their job to make sure that we're safe, right? And they're always going to claim that, there's this, that this is for consumer protection or the protection of the American people. They hide behind this veil of safety. Oh, it's disgusting. But that's how they'll justify all the control that they want to wield. That's how tyranny begins. This is how they sold us on the Patriot Act in uh, in the wake of 9-11, how we had to pass all these rules and regulations and create the largest spying apparatus the world had ever seen so that terrorists don't fly more planes into buildings, right? And that was a bunch of bullshit then, and this is a bunch of bullshit now. The Patriot Act wasn't about our safety and securing our freedom. It was the exact opposite. It was about keeping tabs on innocent, law-abiding American citizens and having an eye on everything that they're doing. It was a complete loss of freedom. A complete loss of financial privacy. I mean, the idea that government is concerned about the privacy of the American people is laughable. Absolutely laughable. All these congressmen and women up there feigning concern over our privacy while they at the same time are, are they have the NSA doing bulk data collection. Um, they're lying about recording our phone calls and listening to our conversations, collecting and storing all of our data using money they steal from us at gunpoint to buy our data from telephone companies and And all these big tech firms that they probably threaten with fines or lawsuits and increased regulations and things like that. I mean, you've got to be fucking kidding me. Give me a break. You're concerned about our privacy? And even more ridiculous is the idea that they're concerned about our financial privacy. The federal government. The ones who force you to not only hand over 40% of your income to them on an annual basis in perpetuity but you have to fill out page after page of documents admitting to them all sorts of private, intimate, financial, and lifestyle details. I mean, Jesus Christ, think about it. Think about what your government knows about you thanks to your tax returns that you're forced to file under penalty of imprisonment that your closest friends don't even know about you. How much money you made last year, what you're invested in, the return on those investments... Your relationship status, your healthcare bills and medical procedures and all those expenses you underwent. All sorts of stuff. The U.S. federal government knows more about its citizens than the Politburo could have ever dreamed of knowing in Soviet Russia. I mean, we are, there, we are the, the communists' wet dream when it comes to data collection. We put authoritarian communist spying regimes to shame. To absolute shame. They would be in awe of what our government has been able to accomplish. How many freedoms, liberties, and privacy we have given up willingly, willingly, in the name of so-called safety. Okay, oh, oh, it's, it's incredible. This is not about safety. Okay, This is not about how much they care about you and protecting you from harm. This is about freedom. This is about as fundamental to your freedom as you can get. Because if you don't have money, you don't have freedom. It's as simple as that. You could, do, you could have all of the options available in the world, but if you can't afford to take advantage of any of them, what good are they? Uh, what, what are you going to do? And the government doesn't want you to have freedom. They don't want you to have the freedom to choose your currency. They don't want competition. They want to be able to control every aspect of your life, And being able to control money is the most effective way of doing that. One of the appealing things about these cryptocurrencies is that you can transact privately or anonymously, at least in theory. I find it hard to imagine there not being some sort of digital footprint left behind when you're doing all sorts of this stuff on computers. I just don't know enough about it to know but I, I can't imagine that somebody who's good with computers can't figure something like that out. But financial privacy and secrecy is a great thing. It's something we should strive to get back because we sacrificed what was left of it with the Patriot Act after 9-11 And we let the government pass all these anti-money laundering laws and all this banking regulation after the 2008 financial crisis that essentially forces all banking institutions to spy on their customers. I talked about this in the episode I did on 9-11. Never forget. If you haven't listened to it, I suggest you go back to it. But they have all these, they call them KYC, Know Your Customer, Compliance Laws. That, that these um, financial institutions have to follow if they want to be a- allowed to operate. They're required by law to alert the government to any, you know, quote-unquote, suspicious behavior. The government wants us to think that privacy is a bad thing, that being able to transact without the eyes of Big Brother on you is detrimental to society because, you know, nefarious things can take place. People can do bad things with their privacy. Drug dealers can, can do drug deals, and terrorists can perform terrorism or whatever. And, and that's true. It's true, but that's true of any free society. Freedom can always be abused. Freedom comes at a cost. And just because freedom can be abused and will be abused by some people doesn't mean that we should eliminate freedom from society. I mean, think about, you know, freedom of speech. People can abuse it. They can say things that are mean. They can say mean things to you. They can say things you don't agree with. But that doesn't mean that we should do away with freedom of speech, does it? Or freedom of association or religion. Just because people are doing things that you don't agree with. That's the whole point of Freedom. I, I, I don't give a shit if some people want to go and use Libra or some other cryptos to buy and sell drugs. Or maybe some terrorists can try and use it to fund their organization. That's a small price to pay for our financial privacy. For our financial freedom and being able to have sound money free from government debasement and interference. I mean, we have far more to lose from surrendering what's left of that to the feds than we have to fear from some drug deals or some crimes that criminals may commit the cost from that to the uh, compared to the cost of eliminating any possibility of a law-abiding honest person you know the other 90 percent of society from having sound money and financial privacy that loss is negligible This is the same retarded logic that statists use to justify government in just about every instance. And you see it everywhere. Oh, you know, well, in order to protect us from getting robbed and kidnapped, we need to create this government force whose sole power, who has sole power to rob and kidnap you. Or, you know, in order to protect you from the possibility of something bad happening, we need to create a government agency whose very existence is dependent upon doing to you precisely what they claim to be protecting you from. What was once a possibility of happening is now guaranteed because you've enlisted government. So in order to prevent criminals from having financial privacy, we have to eliminate financial privacy for everyone else. (laughs) I mean, this is the plan. We have to make sure that nobody... None of the law-abiding citizens have any privacy whatsoever and we have to arm the government with the tools to spy on everyone. What a horrible idea. What a horrible idea. I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances with the potential criminals out there rather than guaranteeing terrible things happen to me at the hands of a federal government. The biggest, most dangerous criminal organization on the planet, by the way. Uh, the U.S. government are the criminals, okay? They rob me of all sorts of things regularly, and you too, in perpetuity. And I'm, we're practically defenseless. At least with some random criminal on the street, I can shoot his ass, uh, uh, assuming that the government hasn't made it illegal for me to defend myself in that particular area. You know, if it's a gun-free zone, I guess I just have to bend over and take it. But if you eliminate the financial freedom the freedom to transact in private, the freedom to transact without government interference and without the government knowing everything that you're doing, that is a recipe for disaster. That is a crucial ingredient in authoritarian dictatorships. And even if you think that the government, you know, we have a trustworthy government now, which we don't, but maybe you thought we had one under Barack Obama or, God forbid, George Bush, Um, even if... You, you think you have a benevolent government today and you eliminate financial privacy, you may not have a benevolent government tomorrow. Governments become tyrannical all the time. And if they have access to your finances and they can see everything that you're doing, it, it all but guarantees that they can maintain their oppression over you. you know, how are you going to mount a resistance if they control all of your banking, all of your finances? They can label you and I the terrorists. If they haven't already, <laughs> just listening to this show might get you on a government list. And, and, and how are you going to organize a resistance against an oppressive government if they control all of your financials and they can see everything that you're doing? That is what is at risk here. Okay, The concern should not be what Facebook can do with your information. Maybe some people trust Facebook. Maybe they don't. But what can Facebook really do to you? They can't force you to do anything. The concern should be what the government will do with this information. I have to voluntarily partake in Libra. I have to voluntarily create a Facebook account. I can't voluntarily opt out of the government, unfortunately, or I definitely would, believe me. Apparently I'm bound by this imaginary social contract, That um, you know, so I'm, I'm powerless against the government. They can do whatever they want to me. They can just take, they can use force, and we're powerless to stop them at this point. So that, that's what's at risk here. And I don't want to sacrifice my liberty. I don't want to sacrifice my financial freedom just because somebody might use it for drugs or terrorism. Okay, The U.S. government are the biggest terrorists in the world. Just go ask anybody in the Middle East. We do not want them having control over the most vital resources at our disposal. The things that support life itself. That makes us less safe, okay? That's the irony of this whole thing that people fail to see. The irony of government and the fallacy of believing in it. Is that in order to protect ourselves, we have to have this government whose very existence is a bigger threat to our safety than anything they could possibly protect us from. The biggest threat is always from the government. And that's what they don't want you to understand. And that's why they're always demonizing free market alternatives. Okay, And you have all these congressmen and congresswomen up there that want us to fear private companies and fear free markets and and trust them, trust Congress, trust government, as if they're so trustworthy. I mean, it's really unbelievable the level of pure hypocrisy and just lack of awareness that Congress that Congress has. Like it it's as if they don't have an approval rating that rivals that of, of meter maids. Okay. That their trustworthiness is somewhere between compulsive liar and used car salesman. And they act like we should be believing them. We should be trusting in them. And we got people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez up there grilling Mark Zuckerberg about whether or not Facebook will remove political ads that are lies. Political ads that tell lies. Like <laughs> Seriously? I mean, this girl is a buffoon. If it weren't for Maxine Waters, I, I think she'd be the dimmest bulb in Congress. But here, here, I actually, let's, let's pull the clip. You can listen for yourselves. Here's the exchange.
1: Good to see you, Mr. Zuckerberg. I think you, of all people, can appreciate using a person's past behavior in order to determine, predict, or make decisions about future behavior. And in order for us to make decisions about Libra, I think we need to kind of dig into your past behavior no. and Facebook's no, past not behavior the with the shop. to democracy. Not uh, democracy. Mr. Zuckerberg, what year and month did you personally first become aware of Cambridge Analytica?
2: Pause it. Sorry, I don't want to keep talking over the recording, but I just real quick, the idea that anybody can remember the year and the exact date that you learned about something, this is what drives me crazy about all these federal investigations, you know, all this stuff where they get people for lying to the FBI because they, they say the wrong dates or something like that. Have any of these people ever been audited? I, I, I work in the financial industry. I used to get audited every year. You can't remember things that happened a year ago, this is like the exact date of an email or when you learned about something. These are just ridiculous questions. Okay, I digress. Let's keep going.
0: Uh, I'm not, not sure of the exact time, but it was probably around the time when it became public. I think it was around March of... 2018. I, I could be wrong, though.
1: Mm-hmm. When did Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg become aware of Cambridge Analytica? Oh,
2: Jesus Christ. How's he supposed I, I to know that? You head. don't know? Yeah. You think?
1: Um, did anyone on your leadership team know about Cambridge Analytica oh my God. prior to the ask them. by The Guardian on ask December them. 11, 2015?
0: Uh, Congresswoman, I, I believe so, and that some folks were, were uh, tracking it internally. And you know, I, I'm actually, as you're asking this, I... I, I do think I, I was aware of Cambridge Analytica as an entity earlier. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't know if I was tracking how they were using Facebook specifically.
1: When was the issue discussed with your board member, Peter Thiel?
0: Uh, Congresswoman, I don't, I don't know that often. You don't yet.
1: know? This was the largest data scandal with respect to your company that had catastrophic <laughs> impacts <laughs> okay. on the 2016 yeah. election. You don't, catastrophic you don't impacts. Well, yeah.
2: Congresswoman, I'm, yeah, it was all Facebook, it, it, Facebook ads yeah, in after, Russia. After
0: we were, were aware of what happened. Okay.
1: Um, You announced recently that the official policy of Facebook now allows politicians to pay to spread disinformation in 2020 elections and in the future. So I just want to know how far I can push this um, in the next year. Under your policy, you know, using census data as well, could I pay to target predominantly black zip codes and advertise them the incorrect election date?
0: No, Congresswoman, you couldn't. We we have, even for policies around the newsworthiness of, of mm-hmm. content that politicians say and the general principle that I believe that...
1: But you democracy. said you're not going to fact check my we, ads. We
0: have, if, if, uh, if anyone, including a politician, is saying things that uh, can cause, that is calling for violence or uh, could risk imminent physical harm or voter or census suppression, mm-hmm. when we roll out the census suppression policy, um, we will take that content down. So,
1: so you will, there is some threshold where you will fact check political advertisements. Is that what you're telling me? Well,
0: Congresswoman, yes, for specific things like that, where there's imminent risk of harm. Could I run also-
1: ads targeting Republicans in primaries saying that they voted for the Green New Deal? I mean, if you're not fact checking political advertisements, I'm just trying to understand the, the bounds here. What's fair Congresswoman- game.
0: I, uh, I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. I think.
1: So you don't know maybe. if I'll be able to do that? I think probably. Um, do you see a potential problem here with a complete lack of fact-checking on political advertisements?
0: Well, Congresswoman, I think lying is bad. And I think if you were to run an ad that had a lie, that would be bad. That's different from it being, uh, from it, from, in our position, the right thing to do to prevent... Uh, your constituents or people in an election from seeing that you had lied Um so
1: we can
2: okay let's pause it right there because i i can't take much more of her but oh my god oh my god okay so first of all i love how the first thing she goes to is could i target black neighborhoods and give them the wrong election date (laughs) <laughs> the wrong election date. I don't know if she knows this, but election day is the same fucking day every goddamn election cycle, okay? It's the fucking first Tuesday in November. First Tuesday after November 1st, all right? And if you're too stupid to to know that, maybe you shouldn't be voting. I don't know what to tell you. But why does it always get to be black people? Oh, how leading of a question is that? You got to go right to the black thing. Can I target black neighborhoods and give them the wrong election date? That, yeah, that's what Facebook is going to do. Facebook is going to go to all the black people on Facebook and tell them that the election day is uh, the first Wednesday in November. So they all miss it. Oh, my God. Talk about spin. I can tell that she's going to try to mash this up and then spin it like, oh, Facebook says that they're going to they're gonna allow political ads to lie to black neighborhoods to, to prevent them from voting in the elections because they hate black people. There, there's just so much that drives me crazy about this exchange, not the least of which is how smart and clever she thinks she is. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez embodies the Dunning-Kruger effect better than the king of Dunning-Kruger, the almighty Donald Trump. I mean, if he's the king, if he's the king of Dunning-Kruger, she's the queen. But seriously, to, to, to worry about political ads telling lies, just like, uh, uh, okay... That's literally every political ad ever. They're all lies. Every single one of them is a lie. Every politician is a lying piece of shit. It's what they do for a living. It's all they do is lie. That's why there's that old joke. How do you know a politician is lying? His lips are moving. (laughs) Okay, but she's not done. There's a little more. Let's let's go ahead and keep going.
1: So you won't take down lies or you will take down lies? I think it's just a pretty simple yes or no.
0: Congresswoman. Uh, in I'm not talking about
1: spin. I'm talking about actual. In, in, yes. In, disinformation. Most cases in a
0: democracy, okay. I believe that people should be able to see for themselves what politicians that they may or may not vote for. So are you saying won't take them down for themselves. So you won't take you may
1: flag that it's wrong, but you won't take it down.
0: Congresswoman. It's uh, it, it depends on the context that it shows up. Organic post as right. the, the treatment is a little One bit question,
1: one more question. In your ongoing dinner parties with far-right figures, some of who advanced the conspiracy theory that white supremacy is a hoax, did you discuss so-called social media bias against conservatives, and do you believe there is a bias?
0: Uh, Congresswoman, um, I don't remember everything that was in the, in, in the question. That's all right,
1: I'll move on. Can you explain why you've named The Daily Caller a publication, white, a well-documented with ties to white supremacists as an official fact checker for Facebook?
0: Congresswoman, sure. We actually don't appoint the independent fact checkers. They go through an independent organization called the Independent Fact Checking Network that has a rigorous standard for who they allow to to serve as a fact checker.
1: So you would say that white supremacist tied uh, publications meet a rigorous standard for fact checking?
0: Congresswoman, I would say that we're not the one assessing that that standard. The International Fact-Checking Network is the one who is setting that standard.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah, no, he wouldn't say that. He's not saying that. The Independent Fact-Checking Organization is. Oh, my God. So you believe white supremacists can fact-check. That's okay with you? It reminds me of the Jordan Peterson interview with that, uh, with that British chick. So you're saying... <laughs> So you're saying that you're a white supremacist and you support every fact-checking white supremacist organization on the face of the earth and you hate black people. That's what you're saying, right? No, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm not saying that. And Zuckerberg's such a little puss, too. Why does he take this from her? You expect a Canadian to be a puss, but I mean, come on, American? A billionaire with fuck you money? fire back. I mean... Of all people, for politicians to be concerned about fact-checking, that they're the least factual people on the face of the earth. Everything they say is at best untrue, if it's not an outright lie. And then, of all the lying, skeezy politicians on the face of the earth, for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez to all of a sudden be concerned about fact-checking is really unbelievable. Unbelievable. How can she sit there with a straight face and talk about fact checking? This broad hasn't gotten a fact right in her entire life. Her entire life she's been wrong about everything. Why, why is he just sitting there like a, like a whipped dog cowering to her like a little bitch? You know, I'm old enough to remember when AOC was lecturing us on how it was more important to be morally right than factually correct. Okay. Remember that when she was like $40 trillion off on her estimates of what something was going to cost? Oh, those are just facts. Uh, I'm morally right. I'm morally right. That's what's most important. Whereas now facts are important all of a sudden. Okay. Well, you know, okay. I mean, if they're facts and I think we can agree facts are facts, right? They're indisputable. Then yes, a white supremacist can fact check. Say what you want about white supremacists. But I don't recall being unable to determine a factual statement from an unfactual statement, one of the criteria for being one. It's just, oh God, she drives me crazy. All this, this is just a bunch of nonsense. I mean, the Daily Caller is a white supremacist, major ties to white supremacists now. It was founded by like Tucker Carlson, the evil white supremacist Tucker Carlson. I mean, come on, come on. And, and the, oh yeah, the so-called uh, conservative bias in, in big tech firms. So-called. So-called, it's blatantly obvious. This is not a conspiracy theory. Uh, conservatives are being kicked off of these platforms left and right. Anyone who's not a left-wing ideologue is at, is at risk of getting kicked off of these things. While you have people like, organizations like Antifa, who actually go out in the streets and assault people, uh they, they their organizations are fine they, they, they get uh twitter accounts they get to go on they get to have uh paypal accounts all this stuff youtube doesn't demonetize them nothing uh oh, okay yeah that's a conspiracy theory this is documented there's a long list of conservative uh voices and thinkers out there who have been banned from twitter and facebook and demonetized on youtube and they can't open uh um they can't have like PayPal accounts or Patreon accounts. Project Veritas did a did an undercover expose that un, under, that had uh, people go into Twitter and had Twitter employees admitting their bias against conservatives and revealing that they've been shadow banning conservatives. And then you have the big names, you know, like uh, Alex Jones, Milo Yiannopoulos, uh, Owen Benjamin, Jordan Peterson. Those are just off the top of my head. How many, cons- how many liberals can you think of that have been banned, have been demonetized and kicked off of every single platform all at once? <laughs> uh, uh, okay, the things that actually are well-documented, those are conspiracy theories. Those are conspiracy theories. But this is what passes for an argument from a, a 29-year-old bartender. You just assert something is a white supremacist or has ties to white supremacists, and then that's it. End of discussion. Uh, that, 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 that wins the argument. Oh, well, they have ties to white supremacists. They can't (laughs) fact-check. Okay, because you said so? Uh, uh, All right. And these are the great minds and leaders of our time that deserve such respect and admiration. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. She actually didn't have the the worst exchange, or at least the most infuriating exchange or questions. Uh, That award goes to, uh, what's her name? Joyce Beatty. Who, who thinks she's really sticking it to Zuckerberg here. She's going to go after him on uh, civil rights and social justice because that's what this hearing is about. It's not about cryptocurrency. It's about diversity and black people. Here we go.
3: Let, let me get into asset management. Certainly that's a large industry, as we know, uh, something like a $70 trillion industry. Uh, Facebook has more than 46 billion dollars on record in cash or cash equivalents and marketable securities. Are any of these funds managed by diverse-owned companies? Yes or no. Who cares? Uh, Congress, yes or no. Who cares? Congresswoman. Doesn't yes matter. or no. I, Doesn't matter. I, I, don't, I don't. Irrelevant. Know. So I take that as a no. Irrelevant. You have a stable of big law firms that work on your legal cases around the country. How many diverse-owned or women-owned law firms are contracted by Facebook? Number. Just give me a number or range. Congresswoman, I don't know. I, I take that as I don't know. How many <laughs> yeah, women or minority partners said, work on these cases? Congresswoman, I don't know the answer to that. Okay. Question off the top so of my head, did I'm you review, review the packet? Let, my time. Did you review the packet oh, that time. went out okay. in notification to you and your team? about what was included today, and diverse asset management was in it. Did you read that? Uh, Congressman, I I There's a piece of legislation that I'm working on that was in the packet. Did you or your team review it? I mean, everybody's talked about your scholarly resume. Did you review the packet that was sent to you from this committee? Obviously, that's a no. Let me go to something you introduced. You introduced Laura Murphy. So you know who Laura Murphy is, because you said her name, right? Okay, So you hired her as a consultant, and in your opening statement, you talked a lot about civil rights. I think we should probably phrase it a little differently, that you work with civil rights work is because it's a result of the number of lawsuits that you've had, NAACP. Even Secretary Ben Carson filed a fair housing uh, lawsuit against you for violations. So let me ask you this. Do you know what redlining is? Yes. Okay, then you should have known better. And maybe if you had real diversity or inclusion on your team, somebody in that room would have said what you were doing when you looked at what you were doing in the housing, how you were redlining or using zip codes to eliminate people from getting information. Now, have you read the report that Laura Murphy sent to you? You've talked a lot about diversity, and you introduced her name, about this great study in her work. Have you read it? Do you know what the recommendations were? Do you know when she issued the report, yes or no? I've seen the report. Okay, tell me what the top three things were, because I I have it right here. What were the top three things in her report? Somebody talked about lying in this committee. I'm only saying it. Well, one of them was around housing
0: ads, which we've talked about. The other was around setting up a civil rights task force.
3: And, and uh, who's on the civil rights task force? Cheryl Sandberg is the person who who's, she's. What the, civil rights... Okay, we know Cheryl's not really civil rights. So I'm trying to help you here. She's your COO, and I don't think there's anything. And I know Cheryl well about civil rights in her background. So come better than that for me. If we're going to talk civil rights,
0: it's an internal task force. Do
3: you know who the? Do you know who the firm? that you employ for civil rights is?
0: Uh, Congressman, I, I don't how,
3: how could you not know when you have employed the most historical, the largest civil rights comp firm to deal with issues that are major? And, and this is what's so frustrating to me. It's almost like you think this is a joke. It is a fucking joke. When you have joke. ruined the joke. lives of many people, discriminated the against them. Up. Do you know what percentage of African-Americans are on Facebook? <laughs> in comparison to majority folks? Do you know what the percentages are?
0: People using the Facebook Yes.
3: YouTube. Do you know what the percentages are for African Americans?
0: I don't because we don't collect the races of people.
3: Well, it, 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 it came out in a report and in the Pew Research Center that was sent to you. So maybe you just don't read a lot of things that deal with civil rights or African Americans. I have a lot of questions I'm going to send to you that I'm not going to be able to get through, and I would like an answer because this is appalling and disgusting to me, and I yield back.
2: (laughs) Okay, thank you. Wow. Who the fuck does this lady think she is?
3: Who do you think you are?
2: What gives these politicians the right to talk to us like that? And why does he just sit there like a little bitch and take it? This is the most infuriating thing. It has nothing to do with how dumb her question, I mean, her questions are dumb. The dumbest, mo- most pointless questions ever. How many women work on that board? How many people of color work on that board? Who cares? Who cares? And first of all, it's none of the government's goddamn business how I run my company. How about that? How about I pick the best person from the job, black, white. Asian, man, woman, gay, straight, doesn't matter. I put who who the right person for the job is on the board, and the chips fall where they may. How about that? How about I'm not reading your stupid fucking pamphlet that you handed out. I've got better things to do with my time. I'm running a billion dollar company. I employ hundreds of thousands of people across the world. I have much better things to do with my time than read your stupid diversity pamphlet. You could take that pamphlet and shove it up your ass. How about that? How about that, Congresswoman? And by the way, what the hell have you ever done? What have you ever done to better society? You created any jobs? You employ anybody? Do you actually employ anybody? And I'm not talking about your government staff and your government paycheck that you take that's based off of theft, stealing from other people. Have you done anything to benefit society whatsoever, or are you a waste of space, a drag on the economy, an albatross around the neck of the American people? Diversity and inclusion is important to me. Okay. Yeah, I could tell. I could tell people who um, don't see things your way, who, who have a, a different way, uh, a different set of values. They're, they're totally included. They're, they're, they're being very included in your little circle there. Your, your circle of, of diversity and inclusion. They're not being talked down to and lectured like a little bitch by some congressman. Could you imagine if the skin colors were reversed and genders were reversed in this situation? Could you imagine the uproar, the, the outrage? People would be calling for this congressman or this congresswoman to be impeached. They'd be, they'd be marching in the street to get him fired. But no, since Zuckerberg's a white guy, a white man, who a white privileged man he just has to sit there like a bitch and take it from society i'm sorry i'm sorry you don't get to fucking talk to me like that i don't care who you are i don't care who you are jesus christ are you kidding me did you read any of this lecturing him like he's a fucking child get the fuck out of here oh my god i would have lost it quizzing me on your stupid pamphlet Did you read this thing? No, I'm sorry. It was stupid. I threw it in the fucking garbage can where it belonged. How about that? That's the answer to the question. But Jesus Christ, the cowering to these politicians. It's disgusting. It's despicable. Have some balls. Stand up for yourself. And then just the, the undeserved respect and reverence and admiration people address these assholes in Congress with. Oh, Congresswoman. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, Congresswoman. I don't have that answer for you right now. Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Congresswoman. I don't know off the top. Just stop it. Stop cowering like a bunch of pussies to these idiots and put them in their place. They work for us, right? Isn't that the, the lie that we tell ourselves in this country? that the, That the government is the people, of the people, by the people, and they work for us? We don't work for them. They exist to serve us. So start acting like it. Why sit there and be berated by these people who waste your time answering their retarded questions? God, Zuckerberg is such a puss. Such a puss. These, these people, these government agents, these congressmen and congresswomen, they are the scum of the earth. They do not deserve your respect. They don't deserve any respect. They should all be thrown out of office. But my God, do not let them talk to you like that. Do not give them the satisfaction and, and, make, and, and put them up on this pedestal like they're so much better than us. They're not. They're not. They're worthless parasites. They're a cancer. They're a cancer on society. And we should start treating them like that and stop this worship of government agents. It's disgusting. It's embarrassing. You should be ashamed of yourself. Zuckerberg should be ashamed. He just got pantsed on national TV by a bunch of idiots in Congress. I'm gonna have to leave it there because I'm going way over time here. I didn't even get a chance to make fun of Zuckerberg for being a weird, awkward lizard person. Man, what a what a pathetic display that was! Pathetic display all the way around. The whole hearing was pathetic. But that, those those exchanges in particular are were just the epitome of everything that is wrong with the interaction between government and the people, the people that they're supposed to represent. Did that sound like a representative to you? My God. All right, that, that's, that's it for today's show. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode of the Peddling Fiction Podcast, I need you to do a couple things for me. First of all is just continue to listen, continue to download and subscribe, and, and then share the show. I need you to share the show with at least two people that you think might enjoy it. One person that you think may, might not. Maybe you know somebody who's a fan of this Joyce Beatty lady. Give it to them. <laughs> yeah, give, give them this episode. But, uh, share the show. Follow me on Twitter, at Pedal Fiction. And if you want to go above and beyond the call of duty, if you really want to help spread the message of liberty and expand the reach of the show, you can go to the website peddlingfictionpodcast.com and you can donate to us monetarily. Every dollar that you donate goes right back into the show to create content, spread our message, and put these politicians in their place where they belong. And if you could do all that, I will be back next week. Until then, just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.